You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This thing, man, we were on such a high from playing this big show in Rochester. We all went to party back at a friend's house. And me and Cameron took a hit of acid when we got there. And we're already zonked. And we didn't realize we were drinking and partying until 10 o'clock the next morning when everyone was ready to leave. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you've been having a glorious week. We did it, people. It's Friday. We made it through another week. We are well into May somehow. This year is just flying by. I am just blown away by how fast things are going, but we did it. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and hops metal podcasts now why do i say that you have to imagine that when people are looking for a new podcast to listen to what do they do they scroll down they look at their reviews they look at the ratings and if those reviews portray something that interests them something that they're willing to invest their time in for well they're going to give that podcast a chance so you could be the person that helps sway someone to become a future vox and hops head and that would be something that i would truly appreciate now on today's episode i'm with devin swank the vocalist of sangui sugabob get ready everyone this is vox and hops episode number 263 I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Devin Swank of Sangui Sugabob. How are you doing, Devin? It's great to be with you. Great to be here, man. Uh, very excited for this one. Excellent, excellent. I like to start off with a shitty question so we could have fun later. Uh, how did you cope with the glorious year that is now behind us of 2020? Spent a lot of time... Uh, self-deprecating and no i'm just kidding uh no actually it's been a lot of fun um even though we didn't get to tour a lot we started writing a lot of music um that's how we with uh, the year kind of taken from underneath us we were able to write and record the album that's coming out so uh that's a plus side plus uh we still get to practice and everything too like once a week so only thing that's uh, removed out of my life is touring. Other than that, everything's sick. That's awesome, and that's you guys have been very busy. Um, I think it's super cool, but it was a big year for you. You know, inking a deal to Century Media is huge, like huge. And then you can't tour it, you can't push this. <laughs> so, but you did write a great record, which you know is called Tortured Hole. It came out March 26th via Century Media. And uh, let's cheers to that right now, because I think that's so cool that you guys got signed to Century. What are you drinking on your side today, Devin? I'm drinking uh, Dragon's Milk, uh, bourbon barrel aged out. Hell yeah. It's uh, 11%, and it's from New Holland uh, Brewery based out of Michigan. Killer, killer. I have heard about Dragon's Milk. I have never had one, um, but I would like to have one. On my side, I am drinking La Petite Caire. This is their 
Polat Mavi. I'm sure I'm massacring that beautiful Czech word. This is a dark Czech lager uh, brewed by a metal brewery from here in just outside of Montreal in Quebec, the province of Quebec. Uh, one of the members that owns this brewery uh, plays in Burning the Oppressor, which is a really cool Quebec-based band. I'm going to crack this, pour this out, uh, and then we'll do a massive cheers uh, to you getting... Inking a deal to Century Media, which I think is so cool. I love that they're still signing extreme metal acts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely still have uh, some killer bands on the roster, man. Like Broken Hope, Misery Index is now on there, which is sick. Yeah, happy to be a part of the family. Cheers. Cheers. Killer. Ooh, close my eyes. I'm on tour in the Czech Republic. <laughs> and, and not many breweries do this here in, in, in Montreal, just this classic Czech style. They don't fuck around with no hype, no haze. They don't care. <laughs> they don't do pastry stouts. They make nice, clean beers, and uh, I think that's metal of them. Uh, let's dance into beer. Let's talk about your first beer. Do you remember the first beer you ever had, Devin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh it was Miller High Life. It yeah. was um, the champagne of beer. Yeah, that's right, man. Champagne <laughs> of champagne. That's uh, that's my go-to, which is funny. But my uh, my grandparents were drinking it, and they left their bottle unattended. And I was like nine years old, and just figured what what a sip tastes like, and sure as hell, <laughs> I ended up liking it. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking it now. You know, sixteen years after that. Crazy. Did you ever go down? Now you're drinking a very prestigious craft beer right now. So uh, are, oh, yeah. you, are you I a craft that. beer enthusiast? Um, For the most part, I like uh, I like what I like. Um, I'm kind of new to the whole craft beer scene. I just bought this because I knew you were going to be uh, drinking one too. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of new to the game, so to speak. What do you like about beer? What 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 do you use beer for? Uh, how do you? What is your relationship like with beer? I'm uh I'm more so a social beer uh, drinker than anything, um, and a kickback beer drinker. So if I'm watching a game on TV or if I'm out grilling or something, I usually have a beer with me, or I pour beer on the steaks that I'm grilling or something. But uh, or hanging out with friends. Uh, typically, I don't don't try to go out and just say like, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to enjoy me a nice cold one and just be alone. Usually I have like a couple buddies with me or I'm out doing something. So it's more so a social thing. Which, which I miss deeply being <laughs> up here in Montreal. The, the rules are very strict. They're, they're loosening up slightly, but still it's been a while since I've enjoyed a nice cold one with a bunch of friends, not looking sure. at my computer screen. <laughs> for sure uh let's talk about the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardian's house what music was playing when you were not in control of the music what music did your parents or guardians listen to so uh my love for music uh, was pretty early on uh by my grandmother who daycared me that's awesome and she listened to a lot of motown and that was like the first style of music that i really gravitated towards as a kid um, that was really into like Stevie Wonder, uh, Smokey Robinson, James Brown, uh, The Temptations really early on. Uh, my dad, um, I guess in a way being blessed with teenage parents uh, when they had me is that our musical taste isn't too much of a stretch. You know, my dad was into uh, bands like Obituary, um, Creator, 
uh, Slayer, Metallica. So I uh, love for metal actually caught on uh, pretty young. And then uh, it started to evolve more into like the chaotic and extreme stuff when I was about like 13 or 14. Some of the friends that I grew up down the street from were a little bit older and listened to killer bands and got me hooked into it instantly. I love that. And I love talking to, to somewhat younger musicians, I apologize, uh, that had parents that grew up in the metal scene. And I'm always curious Mm -hmm. about, you know, we, as everyone in life does, we want to grow up and then rebel against our parents and try to sort of get away from what our parents exposed us to. So how did you, what bands would have been too extreme for your parents who were already into extreme music? So, uh, this is funny. I remember being a, a young kid and I can't remember what it was for, but I was sent to my room <laughs> and uh, I just grabbed a CD that a friend of mine left over and it was, um, it was Morbid Angels, Blessed Are the Sick. And I put it in my CD player and I cranked it as loud as I possibly <laughs> could to piss my folks off. And um, yeah, I never really like gave that album an honest listen before that. And I remember, I remember listening to it and about like 40 seconds in, I was like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> it set the tone from there. It's in that emotional connection to it now too. When do you go back and listen to yeah. it? Are you transposed immediately back to your room that day? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> For myself, my, my dad was really into rock and, you know, ACDC, Guns N' Roses. Um, nice. So when I started dabbling into like, uh, Marilyn Manson was the one that my dad just couldn't stand. Just, just, it just rubbed him the wrong way. The visual aspect of it, more than anything, I believe, was, you know, Antichrist superstar uh, era uh-huh. when he was, you know, much more provocative and dangerous looking as opposed to strange looking. And my dad just fucking hated it. So uh, <laughs> I'm always curious to see what what is that thing that pushed your parents too far? <laughs> For sure. Uh, how about screaming? How did, how did you get into extreme vocals? Um. Well, I tried uh, taking a swing at getting lessons and stuff. Really? Learning an instrument. Yeah. Uh, I tried picking up the drums, and I'm just so attention deficit mm-hmm. that I can't, I can't sit still. So um, I actually had these two friends growing up. They'll get a kick out of this. It's funny because these kids are actually, they have the same names as two of the members of my band, but the one's name's Cody and one's name's Cameron and they were brothers and they would jam all the time together. Cameron would play drums. Cody would play guitar or bass. And, uh, I remember at lunch and in school, we were talking about starting a band, doing something, thought it would be cool. And they had a mic, they had a PA and everything. Their dad gave them the nines. Like their dad was dedicated that his kids were going to be rock stars. So he, Good friend, good friends to have. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, one time they were jamming, and I just grabbed the mic and gave it a go, and I sucked terribly. <laughs> and what's, what's funny is I practicing doing that, I ended up uh, tearing lining like in my throat. And uh, really, what 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 style of uh, harsh vocals were you going for? Uh, I tried to. What's funny is like I was really big into hate read during those days. So I tried to do like that, like a, like a harsh yeah. shout. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that barking, like type of sound. And my voice was just gone. And I was like, man, this sucks. 
So then uh, I try to develop a um, sort of technique. And I guess uh, I learned that over the years, trying to start multiple projects, joining multiple bands. Um, hell, dude, I I think I did. I, I, per, I honestly think I didn't start getting good at it or hone it down until like maybe the last year or two. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same. It's it's you've been doing it for, and I think it's like and any musician, we're never satisfied, or artist in in general. Right. I never want to watch a live video older than the last tour I was on. You know what I mean? <laughs> because everything changes all the time. <laughs> yeah, same here. Even when I get a compliment, I'm like, uh, I sucked. You're not. You're unaware. <laughs> you're being nice to me. You know, or you don't know. <laughs> and so, why should I trust you? <laughs> But we have to, it's something that we have to learn to accept as an artist is, is that we're, we're constantly in, a, in evolution and trying to, to better our, our craft and we're never finished. Yeah. I look at it. I look at it, man, as like, uh, the art of making love, you know, you just learn how to do it from watching other people. That's true. That's true. That's, that's, I, that who would be those people that you look towards? Oh shit. Uh, They'll like this one, man. But Lord Worm, obviously. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, Frank Mullen, big time. Um, especially like early on when I started uh, doing like recordings and everything. Um, he's a big influence of, of mine. Uh, Corpse Grinder. Um, I'll throw some weird ones out there too, man. Like Mike Patton. Hell yeah. We got a lot in common. Yeah. We got a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I'd say I'd say Maddie Way too from like the Scourge and everything. Mm-hmm. The original Toilet Bowl. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being that guy, you know, and, and pulling out those vocals early on, and nobody understood what the hell was going on, and and him and saying, "Yeah, I'm good. This is good," and it was good. <laughs> but, but everyone else is like, "I've never heard that before. What the hell is that?" <laughs> exactly why can't you just sound yeah. like <laughs> just sound like everyone else <laughs> but i love yeah, that. he's definitely set definitely set a new standard mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. when i had a chat with jordan from disentomb that, that's he was like i just try to sound like maddie way <laughs> mm-hmm. i love it i love it uh how about your first shows let's go back to the first live music experience you were at um the first concert i ever went to was when i was three or four years old my parents took me to go see uh hank williams jr nice <laughs> yeah it was at hickory mills it was like a a dirt um horse track and he was performing out there it was like an open air thing it was pretty tight um and then the first show that i ever bought a ticket for um was cannibal corpse hell yeah it was yeah it was actually it was cannibal corpse and lamb of god and cannibal course was like a last minute add-on and when i found out through my friends i was like oh dude i gotta buy one and it's uh it's crazy that thinking about buying a show to it or a ticket to a death metal show at Ticketmaster, yes <laughs> of yeah. all things yeah 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 but uh but yeah that was uh that was crazy and then shortly after that nile uh played a um a little like country hole in the wall bar in the town that i grew up wow so and it was 18 and over so luckily i had a fakie and uh <laughs> was able to get in and see nile 
<laughs> That's super rad. Let's talk about your first time on stage. Yeah. Uh, my first time on stage, I was playing a, um, I played this like biker bar. Really? Saloon. Yeah. And it was just nothing but a bunch of like gray haired bikers. <laughs> and I'm freaking out because I thought they would hate it. And uh, the first band I went on stage with was uh, was a death metal band. And we were trying to go as hard as we possibly could. But um, they all seemed to like it. There was actually a little bit of a mosh pit. Really? So, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's a win right there. Yeah. And I got, first like, show, first pit. I love that. For sure, man. I ended up getting a number, a phone number from a chick, too. So it was like pretty much a highlight. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that popped my cherry. <laughs> Let's talk about how you're staying. You, you mentioned that you're still jamming a whole bunch. Uh, how are you keeping your voice in shape, getting ready to get back out on the road? Uh, just warming up a lot, man. I've noticed, uh, you know, being on tour at mid tour form. So uh-huh. it's like right in the middle. All of a sudden, you're not you're not too winded, but you're just warmed up enough to where you could just pull them out instantly, uh-huh. and uh, want to stay in that frame. So, dude, I'll do I'll do vocals when I'm showering. So I'll be nice. like washing my nuts, doing gutturals and screams and all kinds of stuff. Or uh, if I don't have a CD, which um, thankfully I bought like an older truck, so it has a CD player and a tape deck in it. I have a tape deck, so I've been. Hell yeah. So I've been jamming uh, a lot of cephalic carnage Hell yeah. uh, lately. Leonard's of King. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I'll jam that and I'll jam that Informus uh, album by Origin with uh, James Lee on it. Oh, I love James. I toured Canada with him once. Saying. He was so much fun. That's tight. That's awesome. And I'll uh, just try to do like vocal parts that I, rem- that I know or if I'm at the if I'm at the gym or the shopping center at a shopping center and they're playing some weird music that I know for some reason I'll do like a death metal take on it. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely try to stay warm. And then, uh, me and, uh, our drummer and the band, we like to start off like weekend, uh, side projects uh-huh. where we'll write everything in one day and then we'll record everything the other day. That's so cool. And it's just like completely on the fly. And, uh, that kind of helps me like, get my practice and everything. And so I'm pretty much practicing at least on average, like four or five days out the week. Like it's a job. You're basically in shape. So, so you're, you're totally yeah. ready. Once, once this pandemic is over, you you guys will just hit the ground running. Oh yeah. I hope so. Which you should, because you guys just dropped tortured hole via century mm-hmm. media. It came out March 26th and it's a banger, uh, pandemic release. Let's talk about this. Um, you finally got the big break, the big label and you can't tour it. How, how what was the mentality behind that? Did you think about holding on to the record, uh, so that you could tour it? Um, talk to me about this whole pandemic release. We just kind of looked at it like, you know, we don't want to be twiddling our thumbs and, It'll be hard. It was going to be hard to write out, you know, four songs from our EP for another year if we had to. And, you know, we kind of realized like I'm in another band that's holding off on releasing anything because we don't have shows to promote it. And I didn't want to do that with this band. And I, I, we looked at it as like, 
a lot of bands were kind of holding back on putting new stuff out there because they can't go out and promote it. So we figured if we put us if we put something out that's new music for people to listen to, they'll be able to enjoy it while no one really knows what's going on and everyone's on the edge of their seat. So, uh, I mean, we we even thought before we signed because the album was done before we signed the contract. We were thinking, let's just drop it tomorrow. Wow. You know? Okay. We thought we thought about it for a second, and then we were just like, "Well, it's like, you know, it's like a baby. You're so excited." Exactly. Yeah, it's like that instant gratification. <laughs> but uh, it's like those weekend projects. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, yeah, we just figured it'd be a good time to do it now. Um. And then when there is some more certainty, um, definitely support that. And maybe we'll have another record under our belt. We're writing all the time. Um, and we plan on putting out more content with like trauma and stuff too. So still going to be hard at work. Super sick. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hobsons? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, how have you guys been staying in contact with your fans? I feel like since you signed this, you know, the Mega Stomp release, had, the EP had a, had a bunch of, you guys had hype, you guys had uh, attention going on. But now that it's on Century Media, there's, it's way bigger. So how are you staying in contact with all these new fans? Um, we all run our social media and uh, we're all on Facebook and everything too. So people drop a line, they'll want to shoot the shit with us and you know if we have time we message them back as long as we see it and uh we do that pretty actively actually um what all what else i think is cool is that we all listen to new music and we try to find new music so any band that catches our eye we'll put it out there to our fans like hey you should also listen to these guys i love that yeah and those guys will write us back and be like dude, that's so insane that you like us. I'm like, hell yeah, dude, let's do a trade. Yeah. You know, or yeah. I'll give you a shirt. You give me a shirt or tape for tape, whatever you want to do. And we'll send care packages to one another. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's a beautiful, you know, we are a beautiful tight knit community mm-hmm. I, and it's important to nurture that and foster it because we're all, you know, there's no competition out there. We're all fighting the same big for shitty sure. music industry. So yeah, we may absolutely. Well, stand together work together and make extreme music that much more popular because we're just growing the community together yeah that's something that uh resonated really well with me man you guys uh i think it was uh the book of suffering didn't you guys put 
kind of put that out yourselves? We have been independent since 2012. We did our, yeah. our self-titled independently, and then the two tomes of the Book of Suffering were independent as well. That's right. Yeah, I remember when you t- when you said that on stage uh, a couple years back. It, I was like, that's so fucking sick. It's it, a lot of work, but we have signed a record deal, which I can't talk about, sadly. And I've been saying that. <laughs> I've been saying that line for a year now. I can't wait till I can talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something that I am interested about is, uh, you know, you grew up. Your parents were metalheads, so so they're a bit more mm. understanding. But uh, how exactly do you explain your lyrical content? To them with songs such as Dick Filet and Felching Filth. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird because my dad's actually pretty funny. So you would think that he'd kind of get it, but he kind of just shakes his head a little bit. <laughs> and we don't really talk about it. Like I showed him uh, I showed him the music video and he was like, I, he was just completely at a loss for words. He couldn't even form a full sentence. He was just like, uh, I don't understand all the dicks. And I was like, they're funny, dude. <laughs> I was like, because they're just funny. And then uh, my mom likes them for some weird reason. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that says about her. But my mom is, uh, my mom's pretty out there. She works at a funeral home, so uh, she's probably yeah. She she likes the macabre and lots of weird stuff. So. I don't know. Maybe it appeals to her a little bit more than my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't tour it, obviously, but if you could and, you know, the perfect tour, what would be that perfect tour package to put Sanguisugabob uh, right in the perfect place in, in, you know, in that perfect tour to uh, promote your band in the best way possible? Oh, yeah. Damn. Um it would definitely be a support tour. Yeah. Uh, that way we, we could play to a bigger crowd. But I'd say uh, 30 days, full U.S., and then 30 days Europe, so technically a world tour. It's going to sound kind of like a package that you were on, but uh, Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Cryptopsy, and Suffo. Hell yeah. I would love that tour. Hell yeah. That would be wild. How was that tour for you? It was my best tour, best tour ever. That's awesome. So much yeah, fun. I saw, it at, I saw it in Michigan. It was killing. Abysmal Dance slays. Man. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> what a good tour that was. That was I you know, made countless friends on that run that, that I'm oh, still yeah. friends with now. You know, Andrew Garrity, he's been on the podcast twice before. I've had him at a, a live interview at Thursday Thursday, um, Abysmal Dawn crew, uh, the obituary boys being on a tour bus with them. That was incredible. You know, you go mm-hmm. hanging out and it's like, we, then we swung through Chicago, three Floyds came out and gave them a bunch of their hopped in half brews, a bunch yeah. of cases of other stuff, zombie dust. And they were just so generous and cryptopsy being cryptopsy. We, enjoyed a lot of it <laughs> oh yeah that's awesome they were very cool and of course cannibal corpse is cannibal corpse oh for sure absolutely um let's talk about beer uh you know talking about a beer collab if a sanguine sugabob could get a beer what style of beer would it be and what would it be called it'd probably be like a uh a blood orange like mead nice um we've actually we've, we've thought about this before <laughs> yes but uh we were thinking about calling it Turkish beer orgy <laughs> or Turkish booze orgy. Yeah. And uh, either that or like our own take on uh, a Twisted Tea or a um, Cisco. <laughs> you know, just some like uh, 
weird like think something sweet yeah yeah Ooh, that that something that sweet gets you that'll get up. you on your ass yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, let's talk about your wildest day on tour for positive or negative. I'll let you choose that way. I have a bunch of stories, man, where I've that are absolutely hilarious, but I'll, I'll, this one in particular is the fun, is the craziest show story that we have. Um, and so the first tour that we ever played, that was like an eye opener for all of us, uh, was a tour that I booked like wow, 100% really? myself. Yeah. Um, and it was with uh, this band called Scorched uh, from Delaware. Um, our buddy is a mutilatred. And then I think you had, you had Alex from Undeath on. Yeah. Um, yeah, Undeath uh, played that tour as well. And we played their neck of the woods in Rochester. And then the day a day later, we were going to play in Brooklyn, New York. And um, at St. Vitus, which was like a, a nine-hour hike. But worth it. Um totally worth it but this thing man we were on such a high from playing this big show in rochester we all went to party back at a friend's house and me and cameron um took a hit of acid when we got there and we're already zonked and we didn't realize we were drinking and partying until 10 o'clock the next morning when everyone was ready to leave holy shit yeah yeah and our uh our um friend daniel that was there was like oh man i found another hit in my wallet <laughs> and i just looked over at cameron and was like dude like we need to not be drowsy we might as well have a day where we're awake and he's like let's do it so we did another hit and we took on this drive you you, you guys were not driving though no 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 absolutely not and um we got to we got to Brooklyn. We set everything up, and our bassist at the time uh, checked his temperature and found out he had a fever of like 103. Whoa! So he left that night, and we used a um, like an ABY pedal. Uh, so we basically played guitar and bass at the same time, and uh, my throat was wrecked. And this is like around November, so we were thinking like. Looking back at it, we think that we're, we were like patient zero you could have for been. this whole thing. A, a, a bunch of people. I've been thinking about that a lot. That all these people that were really, really sick, you know, before we knew what COVID was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Highly, highly and probable. For sure. And I, um, there were some vocal parts that I couldn't do without it kind of, without it breaking a little bit. So I had to like think on the, think on my toes and because my throat was, hurting like crazy. I had bronchitis. And then uh, we played a killer show. We had like people chanting us at the end of the night. Vitus, and, Vitus uh, is amazing. Yeah. And we also had a wall of death at that show. Yes. So that was uh, definitely a, a crazy experience for us. And that whole tour in general was definitely an eye opener. I, I ended up uh, leaving the job that I was at after that tour um, so I can work somewhere with a little bit more freedom so I can tour and everything. Cause I was like, even if this isn't it, I'm going to, I'm going to risk it for the biscuit and take that chance. Good for you. So, thank you. Good for you. And it's working. Look, you know, sometimes you got to be all in. Exactly. If you're not all in, then why would someone else go on all in on you? If you're not all in for sure. 
Absolutely. Let's wrap this up. One last question. Uh, perfect timing with that story right there, because I'm sure you were feeling wonderful after the <laughs> party until 10 a.m. Um, what is your hangover cure? A big hearty breakfast, man. That always does it for me. Um, there's a couple like local diner spots around town. So I'll either do a, a steak and eggs or biscuits and gravy. And that usually helps me out. I love it. I love it. Devin, thank you so, so much for taking the time talking to me about your life, metal, and of course, craft beer. Everyone, go listen to Tortured Hole, the brand new Sangui Sugabob record that came out on Century Media Records. Devin, this was a blast. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers, man. Have a good one. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had a blast hanging out with Devin. What a killer vocalist this guy is. Just so extreme, so brutal. I absolutely can't wait to witness Sangui Sugabob live and get it just right in my guts. I'm so stoked about it. I'm so stoked about this band. I would love for Cryptopsy to go out on tour with them one day. Thank you, Devin. I can't wait to party until 10 a.m. with you soon. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, including all the details for any episodes which I've dropped throughout that past week. If I've been a guest on someone else's podcast... All of the info for any cool projects that I have in the works, as well as the updated links to the live interview Thirsty Thursday virtual hangs and the links to the Brutal Awakening playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify and is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. So please do me a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list because I don't want you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I will be back next week with two episodes but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of krista makes a podcast a songwriting podcast where every week i'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing recording and release of one iconic song from their career in our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music, or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.